Hi, I'm Anayat Kanji, and welcome to this month's episode of Love Will Beat Hate, the podcast. Now, all this month at Love Will Beat Hate being November, we are focusing on the topic of men's mental health. And so that is the topic of discussion for our episode today. In England, though, did you know around one in eight men have a common mental health problem? However, men, being men, may be reluctant to seek support for their mental health problems or even uh, approach or disclose it to their loved ones. So one person who has had a first-hand experience and has, fortunately, um, agreed to talk about it is our guest today, and that is Glenn Cowlam. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Glenn. Eight years ago, Glenn had just been promoted uh, to a new position in his job. Now, as a result of the mounting pressures and responsibilities, however, his mental health was significantly affected. And one day at work, it got all too much. Glenn had a massive anxiety attack, which caused him to be off work for several months. Glenn, having had that anxiety attack, has obviously experienced uh, a lot of, uh, how, how can we say, because we've been talking off camera, Glenn, as well. Um, he's had quite a journey. Um, and so fortunately, he's here today to talk to us about his story and explain to us how his mental health has been affected in the last eight years since that, because um, that was back in 2011. So without further ado, let's introduce Glenn. So thank you very much, Glenn. Hello and welcome Hello. to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much for being here. No problem. I touched upon that episode. Um, and as I say, we were talking a little bit off camera. Um, so 2011, yeah. um, you're at work. You, you've been newly promoted to yeah. a, a position. Yeah. Um, you're an accountant, That's right? correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was like a, a secondment I was doing, covering, covering a, new, a new role in there. And uh, it was getting very, very hectic. Right, um, I see. And, and basically, um, you had an anxiety attack of yeah, some sort. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I... Um, I'd been in a, a, a meeting with us with one of the senior managers in the morning, and unbeknown to me, one of my colleagues had, had seen apparently my hand was, was shaking in the meeting, almost a bit uncontrollably. Um, went back to the office, and um, I had another meeting scheduled. In fact, I probably had several meetings scheduled, but I had another meeting scheduled that morning. And it's it's really it's almost like a bit of a bit of a blur still still to this day, really. Um, I remember going going out to the loo and coming back and I don't remember a lot of anything that happened then till well I don't I, I don't know how long ago late it was but but apparently I'd I'd, I'd basically just cowered under under the desk wow. um, and when the call the, the meeting was meant in, was in my uh, on in my office. And the guy, the guy who was having the meeting with, came in and obviously found me under the desk. And um, obviously, I, I think at first they thought I was playing a, playing a joke or something. Mm. Um, I say this is a bit secondhand because I, I still don't remember. If you don't mind me asking, yeah. um, how were you perceived before that? Um, in terms of like, because as I say, newly promoted at work, were, were you uh, quite a senior? Were you a manager? Or yeah, something? yeah, I was. I'd, I'd be, it was a, it was a managerial role, so I think. Um, I was probably perceived as, you know, almost like a, a typical accountant who was, you know, not reasonably, you know, efficient 
probably quiet, but you know, very, very good again yeah. going on with the job sort mm, of thing. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, uh, I think I mean then they they rang one of my one of our colleagues about was so I I was um, who I used to work with in the department who had moved from he was he was he was obviously a very good colleague, but he was also a social friend as well. Right, and I understand they they rang him to see if he, he knew of any you know. In, you know, medical conditions that I might have, yeah, which yeah. would be causing this, and it was obviously it was total shock, total shock to him. Because did anyone have any idea previous no. to well, that? To, to be perfectly honest, I didn't have any idea. Okay. Um, looking back, I mean, I say I was very, I knew I was very busy working long hours. Um, one of the big things looking back that I realised is the lack of sleep I was getting. I, okay. I was waking up maybe three or four o'clock in the morning, and. Waking up, not just waking up and going back to sleep, but then mind was switched on, so I couldn't get back to sleep. Right, you're know, thinking about work and just stuff work. like that. It was it yeah. predominantly just work issues yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was the work and uh, no issues with family or anything like that. It was it was just you know stresses um, of, stresses of work of and work. probably naively just thought oh, I'll, it, it was a particularly busy time that we were going through. Yeah, that. That it would mm. it would calm down within a few weeks, and you know that it, it was it was we were working towards a, a big deadline coming right, up. Right. Um, so it was just trying to you know get through it, and then. Uh, and and what age were you at this time, uh, if you don't mind me asking? Because obviously this um, is 2011, so we're saying eight years ago. Eight right? years ago would be mid forties. Mid forties. Okay. Yeah. So, so your so typical middle age crisis type <laughs> type thing, really. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, it was. But at the same time, people people look at people in their mid forties as people who have almost achieved a lot and got it all together. As I say, um, because yeah, you're in a managerial position, you have yeah. a family. Um, were you a homeowner at that time? Like yes, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a home, you know, two, two, again, two, well, teenage teenage daughter and a. These are almost a all uh, almost son. like. Um, accolades and achievements uh, of life if you like um which people aspire towards yeah, or totally. at the same time hold it as things uh which are to be held in esteem do you know what i mean yeah. once you've achieved them and, and things yeah. to so, admire uh, so as as the typical bloke you thought you know i should be in control of being in charge of, of all this lot and um my wife's got ms as well which obviously, obviously she has medical issues with there so I you know, yeah i feel to has she her. has she already um uh had um i suppose has she has she been struggling with her ms uh, yeah well she she's been she's been diagnosed in 1994 okay so she's she's had well she obviously had episodes before there so we, right. it was, we were well aware of the of the ms and uh, she'd had a couple of major attacks well, quite, quite a few major but a couple of major attacks after birth of both her children. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, because yeah. again, that that's, I suppose, an added weight or pressure on yourself as a man um, in terms of having to look after and care yeah. for your loved yeah. ones. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, you, and, and as, the, as the man you want to be, especially, uh, we, we are, we are, as I say, the man you're looking after. Mm-hmm. I don't mean in, in I'm you know, the caveman doing all the work. I mean, of course. We, we are, we are a, a, a partnership. Of course. Um, we both we both work we both provide you know hmm. bring in bring in support the the family income so so to speak hmm. Hmm. um but i knew that she 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 had health issues mm-hmm. so the fact that you know i was just having a bit of bit of stress busy at work hmm. you know it was like you know should should be coping and not putting it on her sort of thing is that is that how you saw it or do, is that yeah. how others saw it do you think no i think nothing that's i think that's how i probably how i saw it but that's 
probably a generational thing mm. where I'm coming from. I think mm. most men of my age would probably be thinking along the same lines. I wonder though, because uh, again, you know, I'm only a little bit younger than yourself. Mm. I don't want to give it away now, like, but <laughs> I feel like you've done it. I've so given it's, age yeah, it's, yeah, it's only fair, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just turn thirty six, yeah. Just turn thirty six. God, I wish I could remember turning thirty six. <laughs> but um, you know, it's 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 interesting because you you mentioned generational differences, um, and you know, uh, before we even address cultural differences, mm. um, you know. Uh, when talking about society and the expectations of a man, um, even within my position, as I say, being slightly younger, I don't think f things have changed too much mm -hmm. because, um, you know, we were talking again uh, before yeah, yeah. about how I personally had a, a nervous breakdown, I feel, which I didn't really recognise or uh, probably describe as a nervous breakdown yeah. at the time um, because I was so unaware that uh, what, it, you know, of any symptoms previously uh, leading no, I was up say, to I was it, in exactly right? the same boat. I, um, I, I, I had no idea anything. Was, I mean, people, people, you know, my friends and family, you know, we had absolutely no idea anybody less likely to have it. It was, it was you, and you think, yeah, well, I, I had no idea either. And I suppose because, like you say, we as men feel that we shouldn't really complain or, you know, we yeah, should just get totally. on with things, and therefore we don't feel that we're in a position to tell other people Um up to that point, uh, you hadn't done that either. So mm. again, with your family, going back to that day, yep. um, how then did it uh, kind of? Um, how, how did how did it conclude that episode? Uh, well, they they um, rang an ambulance because uh, wow. I think so. Is that bad? In, in yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think there was concerns about whether it was heart attack or anything like that. Mm. Um, were you conscious and breathing like when you're under this table like a um, no, well I, I don't as I say I don't really remember anything about this they um, so this is all kind of second hand when yeah. people are telling you what happened yeah uh, I mean obviously I know the ambulance because when I really started coming down they were, they were taking your ECG on my heart and things like that just and yeah. monitoring that um, and to say my, my friend who came who came from he came down from his meeting to say and he obviously knew where my wife leslie was working mm -hmm. uh, which fortunately was you know and it's only it was only a couple of couple of miles away where okay. she worked from where I, I was working at the time yeah um so they obviously they immediately got in, in touch with her and she obviously came down to the office pretty damn quick okay um and that's really where i start remembering things where i where i i heard her voice and just like came, came out from un, under the under the desk and and i suppose maybe in, this is and the then felt, felt, guilt, felt guilty that she was seeing me in that sort of state that's so sad to hear as well though because yeah. that's that's like it's almost a, a double-edged sword because mm. uh, i was going to say uh, it's an almost a million dollar question to answer though probably um do you think that was uh, any kind of coincidence though that you came out of your uh, um episode almost when you heard your wife's it was, it was, voice it was probably the familiarity which which you know helped helped me but then at the around. same time you felt shame from yeah. the fact that it's your yeah. wife now having to save you in the, that scenario yeah. basically yeah yeah look yeah so she's uh, obviously you know, she's gonna have to look after me potentially which is again uh, it's, it's so sad to hear because uh, as as a man like uh, we've just described how you've obviously 
stepped up and done your thing mm. um, all throughout your your life in effect um, in terms of being a family mm. man looking after raising you know mm. teenage daughters you know looking after a wife who's obviously struggling with an illness as well um, you know providing as a breadwinner all these things um, and as I say um, I can relate only to the initial mm. part when when I used to be married yeah. um, <laughs> and yeah. um, it, even then I remember like you know the idea of turning to my wife at the time and asking for her help why is it that as men we feel like we can't do that because you know as i say like there, there are partners in the you know yeah. for life right and i suppose the, the marriage vows is in sickness and in health right both ways right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah we feel like that for some uh, yeah reason. it's it's um, i'm not a great great talk i mean this is not talking out loud so this is probably i mean i've obviously had conversations with people down the down the years but mm. not a great not massively i'm not you haven't been somebody who's really expressed what no, I've not. I've not gone out there and banged the drum. I've, I've had mental issues, mm. and mm. you know, this this is out what I had. Mm. Um, I still feel quite private about it. So then, thereafter, when when your wife managed to obviously um, aid you on that day, and you get home, mm. uh, I assume. So, uh, did you go to the hospital then straight no. away? No, I mean, okay. they, they they my heart and everything was fine. Right. Um, so I think they basically put it down to panic attack okay and stress and so you just went home went home wife booked a appointment with a local gp right um and uh, basically we we went in the next to see the gp the next day and went went through it and was on medication Okay. For a while. So yeah. is that that's the, that was their immediate response then, uh, in terms yeah. of from a health perspective. Uh, to start with, to some of it when I explain my symptoms, some of it was was sleeping tablets to help me. Okay. You know, to help uh, you sleep. Some some of it was pro- was probably a, yeah. The the factor was a bit of exhaustion. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I hadn't, mm-hmm. I, you know, and it, it wasn't just weekdays. It was it you know, I was waking up early on weekends as well. Yeah. Yeah. And still, you know. And still, you know, even at a weekend, you're doing. Is that just because your mind was just your mind over, was just suddenly suddenly going back to it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think so. some. I think the price. We, it was probably the key was it was probably just a bit of exhaustion. To, it was the, the the indicator of what why it happened. So it gave you some sleeping tablets. Yeah. And nothing else other than sleeping uh, tablets. No, no, and then um, antidepressants. Okay, it gave you yeah. antidepressants yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we we and obviously we followed up with quite a few. Counseling was there counseling? Because well, this is interesting. Because again, I'm, <clears throat> I think, like you say, 2011. It's not too long ago that you know our NHS service and yeah. other things, you know, um, have changed. Um, you know, without yeah. getting too political. Well, um, but yeah, and yeah. let's 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 be honest. Mental health is everywhere and in, in the television these days. Right. You're, you're, um, it's almost getting to the stage where being in the boat. I've been here. It's something you can't turn anything. You know, turn anything on the television without mental health being. Mentioned. No, you're you're completely right. I mean, uh, we we were doing some a little bit of research uh, beforehand, and like we're thinking, even the fact that it's in films now, like you know, um, the yep. Joker, yeah, um, this film which yep. everyone's talking about at the moment. Yep, went to see um, that last week. Oh wow! Talk. So you've seen this? Yeah? Seen the film? Yeah. Okay, okay. What was your thought on it? Like, um, I I admired the performance of the, that he'd it done and you could yeah. see it was an excellent performance like the way he portrayed and the, the the motivation he must have had to do that mm-hmm. but i don't know whether it's from past experience my past experiences mm-hmm. as a uh, entertainment mm-hmm. i found it 
you know, a bit. I, it wasn't something that I, I found particularly entertaining. There, I, I, I say it's, it's more, it's more, it's more of appreciation rather than. Did I really want to go to to see of, that? Yeah, because a lot of people said they walked out the film feeling depressed. I, yeah, um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't. For, fortunately, because of past experience, I didn't, I didn't feel depressed. I just, yeah. I, I just, I just thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could have spent two hours and I'm a bit, bit more lighthearted than that. Yeah, well, that's interesting because, as I say, like, um, you know, because for a film which is uh, ordinarily a comic book film, exactly, right? yeah, um, yeah, so people yeah. are expecting fantasy and entertainment, the, right? The, pen, the, the, the Batman and Robin from the '60s when you had the kapow on the screen and things <laughs> like that, you know, it's, right? That's very lighthearted comparatively, exactly, right? Yeah, it's very dark. Um, but again, at the same time, people are saying that you know that's quite a, um, a commentary on where we are as a society at, at the moment. And as you say, hence, um, it feels like everywhere mental health is mm. uh, on the rise and being talked about because uh, people are experiencing it in such an abundance across mm. the board. I mean, when you look at statistics, like we, we had some uh, kind of statistics we were pulling up before, like one in eight men I mentioned mm. before have a, a common mental health issue, but they're reluctant to talk about it. And similarly, as I say, when we're talking about generations and family and friends, so up until that episode in 2011, you'd never know of yourself uh, having anything that you needed to express no. or talk about. No. Um, thereafter, you've been given uh, antidepressants and stuff, but were you given counselling and support? Well, Did you have a system where you could well, now talk about this? Fortunately, my employer was the university yeah. um, who had a very good pastoral service. Okay. So I, the, the university did provide a lot uh, provide counseling and um various different courses i mean wellness and things like these these sort of courses which mm. i can't i can't so i'm probably probably a bit sticking the mud about that one a bit old-fashioned that one it I, it wasn't my thing interesting though because but, it, but despite they, despite going through it you yeah. still felt it wasn't your thing yeah. and okay yeah um it's it's interesting because obviously I, I i did have a second episode mm -hmm. um by which stage i wasn't at the university i was at another employer and the, the the difference in attitude of the of the other employer and facilities from them um american-owned company um positive or negative negative totally really? negative i mean basically and this was in um because i was going to touch upon this is in 2018 right uh is it 2015 i think yeah 2015 yeah, about okay. three years ago yeah. so okay so yeah so four yeah. years after the first episode yeah you've been on antidepressants you've accessed some forms of yeah um, yeah and ostensibly i was i was i felt recovered i was off the medication okay so yeah, you've regained yourself in that sense um, ironically, it was one of the few times where I actually admitted at work, there was a situation at that work where I actually opened up to some, a colleague at work. Okay. Um, because, it, again, it was quite a stressful time. I'd, I'd been brought in, um, we were actually changing the finance system, mm -hmm. and I'd been brought in on a, temp a temporary contract to help out, so to release some of the accountants in the business to be able to go onto the to project to, to, yeah. to do the, the, install the computing system. Yeah. And I was in there, and it was it was getting quite stressful. And um, I could see my colleague who was was on it on the on it was getting very stressed about mm -hmm. it. And um, I took her to one side, and I said to her, I "said look, look, I've never said this to anybody else. So, but, you know, just take care of where you're going. So I can see where you're going, and explained my situation where I'd ended up under the desk and stuff okay. like that. And I say that's the, probably the one and only time I've done that to a colleague at work. Interesting. Um, and uh, she. 
chose to quit on board because she went and got another job. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Um, and and yeah. it, it's interesting that, that it was a lady that you were speaking yes. to, so this wasn't yeah. a guy. Um, um, did you feel more comfortable it being a lady, do you yes. think? Okay. Yeah, I think I did, yeah. Don't know why, but I, I, I don't know, because it, it was just that probably I... I I got on very well with her, so I felt comfortable. Yeah. It, it was more a case. It, it was it was a combination of being a lady and and the fact that I, I did feel comfortable. So when to, I mean, sorry to rewind, like um, because yeah, yeah, I just yeah. I'm just intrigued because, like I say, um, I've I've talked to people at work before about um when I've had mental health yeah. struggles, and like you, I've felt that things have not amounted in a positive way than thereafter so it's kind of deterred me from doing so because oh i've never i've never i mean the like i've never mentioned it to a manager okay right, anybody right. above me okay and i mean I've, I've i've since the since the since the first attack i've had two or three redundancies so i've, I've spent a bit of time contracting so i've been moving from employer to employer at so, times so how did it end then in 2011 at that employer's? Did you leave yourself then or, I mean, um, were things all right thereafter? I, well, I was off for, well, it, was, it happened sort of like the end of an October and I went back to work at the beginning of February on a phased return. Yeah. Um, and um, by the time it was coming back to the, after a few weeks in the phased return where I was nearly back at full time, I could, I could feel myself getting stressed again okay so as I, say, I was actually on a secondment okay so i actually w went in and said look it's it's not really working can i end my secondment and go back to my other role and of course there was somebody else was already in that role which you know fair, fair enough and they, right. so they, they 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 gave me the offer of um going going back to the role but there was no no guarantee of a permanent role okay so uh I had to take the long-term view that really... You know, Do you think this is a result of what had happened? Do you think this is them reacting in No, no, in I, that I, way I, I think basically that it, it was... All, certainly the second employer it happened to, I know I know if it had been in the same situation, they would have said, it's either stay in the role or on your bikes on. Okay. Um, they did try and... Whereas these guys were a little bit, they were yeah. quite supportive in, yeah. a, in a way. Yeah. Um, but it was you yourself, as you said, it was mounting the pressure again. Yeah. And so you felt like yeah. you needed to have a change. And yeah, I need, it's you know, like the familiarity of the role I've been doing for, I mean, I'd been there 20 odd years. Okay, wow. That, that's a so long time, yeah, yeah. It, it was, I, I just, you know, it's a bit from So I, I went back there, but, you know, they, they eventually had to leave. Okay, okay. Um, that's when I first started a bit of contracting. Because, yeah, I'm just interested to say, like, you know, how did your colleagues react to you? Um, were you treated differently thereafter? But as you say, you yourself kind of left. Um, so I suppose when you then come to a new job, it's a, a fresh new experience, right? There's no kind of... Um, uh, uh, hang-ups about you know the past in, in that respect. I mean, what the, when I, I I did actually go back uh, for a short time into my old role, yeah. and, and on the quiet, one of the, the senior ladies who worked there, she actually when, when I was nearly you know she, when I was nearly about to leave, yeah, she did on one side. She did say, "I really admire that you you could actually come back into this role after what happened to you because I I couldn't actually do that," which. And that's 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 quite, that's a lot to to be said, right? You know, yeah, which I didn't think about at the time. I just what I yeah. was I was just thinking about almost like the security blanket someone was familiar with, hmm. because the new role had been what would what caused it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, then so as you say, so 2018. Then um, fast forwarding, you obviously. Uh, 
experience a second episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as you say, during this uh, period between, um, so you didn't you didn't really talk to your friends about it much. Uh, no, or no, no. I mean, I've, 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 I mean, obviously, as soon as, soon as it happened, hmm. fam, family were 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 up and to help me and talk through it. I mean, my wife's role, her 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 role is is much of a, quite a, a counselling role. She's a nurse, so it's okay. a bit of a counselling role. So obviously, she's helpful. She, she very she helpful knew the right things to, to have to, somebody to say. have some understanding and empathy in that. Um, but I think parents even more of a generational thing than now. It's it's difficult to understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we had conversations about it, tried to explain it, but probably not long, deep, meaningful conversations. Okay. Okay. Um, I have we have got a very good group of friends, um, and it was the first one that happened was actually ironic. It was it was very poorly timed. We, we were actually. It wasn't the following. It wasn't that weekend, but the weekend after, hmm. I was due to go to Whitby with a group of about ten lads for me, for a stag weekend for okay. one of my friends. And, yeah. and when it first happened, I mean, I was yeah. it was. I mean, I didn't. When the phone rang, I was like coward off the phone. I didn't want to speak to anybody. Wow, so okay. my wife had to ring them up and say, "Look, I'm really sorry, but you won't be able to make it." And explain the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were. Uh, they, they were really understanding. They, they were understanding. They, I mean, they were. Uh, That's nice. They, they, you know, phone calls from them. Yeah. Um, and the when the wedding was a few weeks, actually a few weeks later. Hmm. By which stage I was a little bit more myself. Although looking back, when you see like pictures of my wife, you, the, the lack of colour in my face, you can see. Could you? Could you tell? You can. Like, you can tell, looking back, you know, when you look at a picture from what, what I look like then, you can, you can see, you can see it was like grey. When you face. go, oh yeah. wow, okay, but, yeah. You know, when, I, when we we went, we, I did make the effort to actually go to the uh, the evening, do. Yeah. And um, none of my mates shied away from what had happened. They all, you know. But they all came over. And were they, but was anyone intrusive, or they were quite? No, like, did they let you to, lead the conversation in that respect? No, no, well, to some extent, they they brought they brought the subject, you know, but came over and asked how I was, how they were doing, and then yeah. then left left it to me to to have the conversation with them. You know, sort of, I think they really took a bit from my yes. leads that I was, you know, but, you know. It's really nice, though. I know, as I say, like, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's they, amazing they, to hear. They were, they were, you know, really, really supportive. I, wa- I wonder if it's uh, if at all. Um, and I know we're jumping all over the way, a place in a way, but it's just, uh, as I say, um, I wonder if it's uh, at all to do with the fact that men, it seems, from statistics uh, which um, you know have been found um, between these ages, you know, from thirty-five to fifty, let's say. What um, I was amazed at when I was going going through, you know, sort of like how did, common it is, right? Did speak, to, you know, did, did speak to people about it. Oh yeah, I've 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 been on citalopram, or I've been on this, wow. or I've been on that, or my brother has been on it and stuff like that. Amazing yeah. the number of people who, when you did say something mm-hmm. they 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 had been on it or they knew someone very close to them because uh, i'm going to be try- quite honest like when it was offered to me um by my gp i had such a stigma attached to it that i was mm. like no i'm not taking it i'm not taking them and so i never that's did the advantage of having a nurse as a wife yeah yeah uh, okay because yeah. they they've helped you then yeah. they did they did help you they stabilized yeah. you and helped you to then yeah. wean off i mean again and- i'm still on uh, after the second episode i'm still on and now okay um I mean, the, the, the GP at the, at the time, he, he, the first time we we were quite well, quite keen to 
so, come off them. Well, well you, well, you mentioned there again the second episode. So obviously we said, so your friends are very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's a generational gap between your parents, so therefore you didn't speak much to your parents uh, about it, but they're obviously aware. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that they, they came up and we would say we'd, we'd talk yeah. about it, but I mean... It's not it's, something it's, that... Um, my... Probably parents are... I'm very much like them, mm-hmm. not... Uh, an open character's you know, feelings talking anyway. Okay, right, right. Uh, so I think they very much get my character from from them. So right, right. So uh, yeah, I think they probably they possibly like like me in the situation. I probably wouldn't have known what to say to hmm. somebody else either. We, or we, hmm. Well, it's a healthy way of looking at it. At least yeah. that you don't hold anything in that regard. No, in the no, sense no. That, yeah, no, um, that they should understand, or you know, mm. or you know. But then, as you say, 2018. You have another episode mm. at work, and this is a new job in terms of it's a different company. Yeah, well, this um, this one was actually was at, was actually from home. Okay, um, I'd broken my ankle playing badminton right a couple of weeks beforehand, um, and this is what I'm saying about I I was actually in the A and E having my ankle scanned the following day. Okay, and my company was ringing me up basically to find out when I'd be back in the office. Right, and that was. Wow, that's yeah. that's quite insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Not very um, understanding. Yeah, yeah. And then I, at the time, it was it was quite an unusual. And I, was, I actually went in and was told that I, I hadn't broken my ankle and it would just damage ligaments. So okay. We okay. fine. So I had a couple of days working from home, mm-hmm. um, which work sent again it was part of this computer project there was a guy there was guys over from america at the time which was again they, they sent got a taxi from one of the guys because he was over in skipton i was working hmm. so he could come to my house so yeah. we could so i could work from home on this project okay okay um so i was working for, ostensibly with a sprained ankle a badly sprained ankle driving over to skipton for a week and then about a week later we got a, re- a phone call from the hospital Saying, um, we've just been re-examining your X-ray. Would you like to come in again? And this this was a Sunday. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm working next week. I finish early on a Friday. Yeah. Can I come in? Oh yeah, that'd be fine. Anyway, yeah. we got back to hospital Friday. Oh, we we found you've broken your ankle. Well, I've been walking on it up for about two weeks, and I've been wow. driving every day from Leeds to Skipton. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> I know. So at that, at that point, I was actually That's they, they actually thing, signed me off, signed me off work for a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, and because you would have it, it just inflamed it so yeah. much more and just aggravated it so much more. And I got a phone call from not the occupational health at work saying that sick roads are only advisory, so they basically overrode a signal. Okay, That's, and so. That added to the stress, and then right. it was our financial year end. As I can well. imagine, like yes. Yeah. So I was wor- I was basically couldn't move at home. Must must from my wife. My son had a broken foot at the same time, hmm. so we were. I was working from home under intense pressure from work, working from eight o'clock till about well, it was twelve o'clock one night. If I, I finished, wow, and they okay. were putting in pressure, and, and, and it, it got the long days. Yeah, long, long it got days. to one point where I was I was working in the morning, and. It, it, it just it, an email pinged through, and I just thought I need to go for a walk. And so it was it was January day. And but you I can't just, walk at this point. Like. Well, I I I just had my pot off that week, but I was still on crutches. Okay. So it was supposedly in the stage where don't walk on it too much. Right. You you, you know it's it's just mending. Yeah. Um. So I went for just a little quick walk. Okay. It was January. Short walk. 
well, meant to be, um, put a thin jacket on. Mm-hmm. And uh, January, so it was, it was January sometimes can be like snow kind of weather. It was, it wasn't snow, but it was, and it was a beautiful sunny day. Okay. Um, but it was, wasn't much above freezing. Okay. And I decided to walk, as it turned out, 15 miles on crutches. Oh my gosh. Um, I just got walking and just carried on walking. It was, again, it was a bit like the first episode where I just zoned out. And so when you were leaving the house, though, were you conscious that you, what you were doing, you're saying, I'm going for a walk? I'm just going for a walk just to clear my okay. head because I, you know, I got three, I, just, I, need, I just need five minutes to... So this, again, it's another episode in the sense that so your mind's then zoned out and yeah. you've lost memory of what you're doing in that period? Um, I haven't lost memory. I can remember, I can, I can remember, because it it's, it's funny, I can remember in my mind thinking I will go walk to Massam, which is obviously where the Black Sheep Brewery is. And that's probably about 40 miles from my house, so it's not really a logical thing to be thinking. Gosh, yeah. Um, and I just carried on walk, walking away. Um, I left my mobile phone on the table so nobody could contact me. Man, okay, yeah. Um, so I had my wallet in my pocket, but I had no money in it. Okay. How, so how long were you walking for in terms of hours? I th- hours, yeah. I left, it was... It was, oh, I don't, I don't know. It was quite mid morning, so probably about ten half past ten or something. And um, it was, I can't remember what time it was. It was seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night. Okay, and so I, and you've just been walking, and f- the family didn't know who were uh, sixteen miles. Yeah, and so uh, in this period again, obviously thereafter, you've probably uh, at that time you wouldn't know, but afterwards. So your family, well, what were they experiencing at this time then? Because they must have been thinking, where are you, Shorty? Yeah, well, my daughter, my daughter was home from university. Mm. So she ran my wife, she ran my wife at work, so I can't find dad. He said, what do you mean you can't find dad? You know, he thought she, thought she was... Because you've been working from home as well, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and we, we, on crutches. She says, not here. She said, oh, he's probably just gone around to the paper shop or something like that. But of course, then she, she left it, and then a bit later on, she rang her, he's still not found dad. Gosh. And of course, at this stage, then perhaps starting to get yeah. a bit more concerned. Yeah, um, I think she came home from work early, and and after, after in middle of the afternoon, I think they they called the police. Wow. Okay, so they called the police. So it escalated yeah, so there. the police. Okay. Police came in. And yeah. Then, yeah. And so, so okay, so the police came in. So now they're basically you're a missing person in effect, yeah. and they're looking for you. And right? they they took it apparently they took it seriously because of my age. And being male. Well, just, again, it's, it's interesting that this has happened to you because when I was doing my research, um, and not to go into too much of a tangent because I mm. want to address exactly what happened thereafter, 73% of adults who go missing are men. Mm. Um, and I even done a documentary on homelessness. And when I started speaking to all these people, a lot of these men, it's because of episodes and mental health breakdowns like this, mm. where they've just gone and wandered out of their life almost, you know, mm. left everything and just upped and left and disappeared. Yeah. So in a way, I'm just thinking when you were going through this, you know, the possibilities of you potentially, yeah. did that go through your mind? Like in terms of where am I going? Like how long am I walking for? Like, uh, I was just walking. Um, to some extent, if... It it would I was actually getting because I'd walked so far and hadn't walked for a while. Yeah. Um 
when I'm not as young as you used to be, can't walk as far as it, I was actually. We had crutches and you had broken feet. And yeah. my, it wasn't, so, actually, ironically, it wasn't so much my ankle was hurting, it, it was it was my groin. Oh, gosh, okay. okay. And, yeah. I, and I, was, I was actually getting to the stage where I was struggling to, you know, to walk much further. So and at that, at that point, I was, I, I'd actually walked to, um, I don't know, a place called Ripley, near Ripon. Okay. Um, and what, there was what area is that? Because I'm not. It's quite North familiar. Yorkshire. Okay, it's North Yorkshire. Yorkshire okay. So it's between, it's basically past Harrogate. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Basically on the way to the Yorkshire Dales. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, long bop. That's a yeah. long walk. Yeah. And it was it was almost and I say I only had a thin jacket on and it was it would got pitch black so it was getting very very cold. You've got hypothermia and pneumonia. Or and I was like thinking that, yeah. of oh because I say at points I had it in my mind about yeah. massum. Yeah, and I knew I wasn't going to get it that night. I always had a point of like sleeping in the bus stop and walking on. So, so how how did how did it conclude then that that event then? Fortunately, I, I pl- was sensible enough to ring home. Okay, so the police didn't find you. So in, no, in, no, the police were at, police but they were, were looking at, for you. Police were at our house when I rang up. Okay, okay, okay. It's really fortunate because, as I say, people literally disappear um, in episodes mm. like that. Um, or, as I say, the episode lasts uh, for a longer period of time uh, or mm. uh, anything other. Um, but for you, so it was never a case that you were thinking, I'm not going back home. You just started walking yeah. and this yeah. occurred. Yeah. So then afterwards, as I say, um, well, I mean, how, how did you feel as... As a father, as a husband and stuff, when you're going back to your family, and even in these periods, like you say, you've been on medication, you've had another episode, mm. this workplace is not as um, empathetic or as understanding as the other. Um, you know, how, how did you deal with it thereafter when you went home and stuff? Um, well, and how did you even get home? Like, uh, were you... The, well, basically, the police came and put me up. Okay, they picked you up. Um, okay. I was say, I didn't have any cash on me. Well, I didn't get a couple of quid. Um, and they basically told me there's a there's a, no, a pub in Ripley, and they basically told me to, to go in there and wait for them. Okay. Um, it's 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 funny looking back. I actually went went to the to the um, bar and I was, you know to buy a, a, a coffee, and I haven't got any cash. We get a card, and said, oh, we can't take a card for under five pound. <laughs> so. I thought I said, "Oh, would you mind if I sit down here just and wait for my wife?" And they said, "Yeah." And, and all of a sudden, they came back hmm. with a coffee. Okay. And I wonder if the police had rung up and said, "Is this person sat in the bar?" And possibly, possibly make yeah. sure they stay there. Sort of thing. possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, that's just an assumption that. Okay, so then the police came. They police got came, you from there. Yeah, with with my wife. Okay, you get home. So then afterwards, as I say, and even even before. How much, how much vulnerability, I suppose, that were you able to show in front of your family then? Like, uh, I mean, because like you say, though you were quite um, aware of yourself, mm. um, you know, around your friends and other people. And oh, work and stuff. Uh, yeah. At both, I think both occasions I've, I've broken down in front of, well, certainly in front of my wife. Um, I have, I think I've done in front of my kids as well, which as a father doesn't fill you with much joy hmm. um it's funny we we're actually talking about it with my son that was very human at the yeah same time, last so. week and it, it, it's, it's a shame that we yeah. feel like that but yeah. yeah and he's sort of like so they said oh you, you, you oh i don't you shouldn't feel like how's like your that. son 
He's well, he'll be eighteen in January. Okay, okay. So yeah, well, he's old enough to have a really so sensible com- conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. about it. And I, I just said to him, I said, even even now, you know, you don't know how you feel as a father. You can see he's saying, oh, he didn't think he would be like that. I said, you don't know as a father, you you still feel that you should be the one protecting your children, and they mm. shouldn't see you in a, in a weak state. Mm. So that you know, that don't feel me much joy that they've, they've seen me in that state but as i say it's it's at the same time um it i think it is extremely healthy that you have that openness with your children because as i say i have the opposite in mm. terms of with my parents let's say or with um family members outside um because as a man it feels that like you know i i can't express this to people mm. because they judge you for it then thereafter whereas in a way, because uh, these people have been the people that have saved you in these mm. moments, um, it's allowed you to be completely honest and vulnerable. And thus, thereafter, you've had a, a, a better understanding between you, whereas uh, otherwise it, you can just uh, basically keep bottling it up and, yeah. and then yeah. I, it explodes I, in these ways. I, think it, I, I say my, my wife's career as a McMillan nurse, I think mm. that does help mm. um, because I've been around, well, We've been married 27 years, 27 years. Mm. Um, so I've been, and she's been a nurse, obviously, all that time, and Matt knows for, vast, for the vast majority of it. So I've heard what her role is and know what her role is. Um, obviously, Matt Millen, a lot of it is, is, is people who are dying, but it's still the counselling side of it. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Fortunately, fortunately, I wasn't in that, that mm-hmm. bad a state. That, mm-hmm. that was, that's what that's I was really, that's, But that's really fortunate, though, that at least you have yeah. that to hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she, a she's a, she knows what she's talking about. Mm. But she, she the experience to, to empathise and, and probably know how to pitch it. Yeah. Because she, obviously, when people are people with majority of cancer, they, they can have mental issues as well. You know, the, the stress and stuff of that is, yeah. is very difficult. So she's had to deal with that in a professional capacity. Yeah. I don't think she particularly envisages using it in a personal capacity but uh, you know it was, it well was it's a, quite a role reversal in a way mm. right you you were caring for her previously and now she's almost caring mm. for you um but as i say i still think it's uh, it shows immense strength though in a way because of the fact that being vulnerable and showing your kids and your wife this at the same time it prepares them because i don't know about you but i never thought i would have um, vulnerabilities to mental no, health. Totally not. No. I, I never thought my mind no. was fragile or uh, in any way um, penetratable in that sense. Like, you know, I thought I was invincible there in some respects when I was younger. Um, so, you know, again, as I say, I feel like it can happen to anyone. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh, I mean, that, that, that was the rea- as I say, reaction to my... I think I was perceived as a fairly laid-back sort of person. Um didn't get ruffled by by too much. So, mm. and eventually, anybody who Leslie Leslie told was, "I'm Glenn." Really? Yeah, everybody yeah. everybody was 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 shocked. Well, well, your daughter actually mentioned to me because uh, for those who who don't know, um, your daughter's actually uh, one of uh, our producers, um, and thus uh, you know she kindly um, helped us uh, with this episode, mm. um, facilitate it. Um, uh, but she she mentioned that you know humour um, yeah. is something that uh, often uh, you utilise um, to great to great effect. Um, apparently you you are quite witty, which I I, I can see. Um, but as you say, humour sometimes I know, especially as an artist yeah. who works in comedy and etc can often be a, a way we mask 
our actual yeah, I, it is one way one way, I mean I, or sometimes it's a way for us to vent it even like you know it can do the I, opposite as well I yeah I think it probably use it as a as a tool to you know hide hide things defence mechanism hide things but you know, to have, a, have a, a laugh at myself to to deflect things away from it is probably the best best word to do it yeah I see I and see. they they don't let me yeah, get away with things so if there's any any television program involving long walks it's usually oh you entered this one then dad <laughs> <laughs> you know that sort of thing so yeah then uh, but I, yeah, as you say, I think it's probably it probably is quite healthy that hmm. we can do that as a family. Um, I think I, I, well, it's definitely helped me. As I say, mm. I feel like it's uh, almost been therapeutic being able to write and use uh, comedy and mm. other things, narratives like that. Mm. And so, like you say, if you're able to own it in a way mm. um, and laugh at yourself in a way, and at the same time, in a warm yeah. sense, though, like you say, um, uh, being able to share that vulnerability through that humour um, with your family, it's a beautiful thing. And in, in a way, as I say. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm, you're one of the lucky ones, in a sense, to have that support network. Because oh, yeah, I don't know how you feel. Do you feel like in society most men have that same situation as yourself, or I, I think I'm from your experience. From my experience, I think I'm I'm very lucky in the fact that most of my fam, most of my close family and my close friends, um, we're very lucky that very few of them have divorced or split up from partners hmm. um so i think we've, I think all, that, got, that, yeah. we've all got you know fairly fairly strong family bonds i think hmm. so I, I think you know i mean we, we come we, for where we come from we come from we're not posh and everything like that but we you know we come from a reasonable standard of family and hmm. and we we, we we're, we're lucky that we've not come from inner city with all the deprivation and problems that other people have got. So, I don't, and I think that that helps. Um, I, I, I think I would agree because, as I say, like you know, um, though obviously being in a marriage which is uh, detrimental um, yeah. can obviously make it worse oh, for somebody. Oh, totally, yeah, um, because same. in the same way, like you said, like uh, at work, you've got the comparative of uh, a workplace which has been understanding to a workplace which isn't. Because totally, um, yeah. uh, do you feel like they contributed towards uh, it, it, that oh, episode? That second, I, 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 yeah, I think they totally come. Uh, contributed to it and say I think it was their attitude you know your sick notes overridden you're going to be working from home it, you're working long hours and it was just constant I mean my line manager wasn't very supportive at all mm -hmm. um, it was just constant I mean I was, uh, it was emails telephone calls constantly I was ringing at nine o'clock at night and this is this is what I mean as you say like for uh... if I hadn't been you know if I hadn't been for that you know it, it I I don't think I would have been in the in the second situation. I think that it was very much, very much. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, Did you ever try and get compensation then for, uh, from from them? Or? It was quite funny that um, apparently they were already looking at redundancies, and uh, I I'd been back um, less than a month, and was then informed that I was being made redundant. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, sorry, no, no. The extract was. I was potentially being made redundant. Okay, and then, no surprise, surprise, it, it got confirmed that I was, made I was being made redundant. Now, I, my brother-in-law is uh, is is a lawyer. Okay. So, needless to say, we candy to handy. consult him. So, mm -hmm. um, he told us a good a good few things to say in the consultation okay. with him. So, look, I mean. Uh, 
you know, we've been talking for the last, uh, you know, 40 minutes or so. Like, uh, your story is fascinating and it's one which I relate to a lot. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are many differences, um, things which I haven't experienced. Um, and it's interesting, as you say, like, you know, um, so you've had a family network which uh, has... Uh, Obviously, they they work within the NHS, so therefore, you know they've they've mm. got you've got a support network there. But how do you feel actually about the health service? Because, like I said, I didn't have a great experience. I know a lot of people haven't had great experiences yeah. with the, the health service. Well, do you feel they're now at a stage where they are, you know, up to date and with things, you know, in, in the ways of supporting people like ourselves? I, I, I mean, it's I think it's very difficult for the NHS. So let, let's face it; we we could have one hundred percent of our national income donated to the NHS and there still wouldn't be enough money. Mm -hmm. um, they, I had a very supportive GP, um, saw him several times and fortunately on both occasions that I had my episodes, I managed to see the same GP every time, mm -hmm. um, which I think was very useful. Yeah, most definitely. Um, he, he does have an understanding. Yeah, yeah, he he did as much as he, he could. Yeah, um, I think um, counselling services. I think obviously are very difficult, but I had the, I, a very fortunate situation of having those from my employer the mm -hmm. first time. Mm -hmm. Second time, I don't know whether it would have probably been so useful anyway. I think I was very much in the in the uh, in my mind who who was at fault on that one. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's an interesting point to address then. As I say, do you feel like uh, the employment services generally then, you know, uh, being a, somebody of, uh, you know, uh, working experience, you know, like, you know, you've, you've, you've had, you know, different jobs yeah. in terms of like, you worked in multiple companies. Do you feel like we're at a stage where managers and, you know, seniors are understanding of our situations? I think we're at a stage where people, the employers probably know that they should be there, but I think there's still the stigma to, for people to, if, if you actually opened up mm. to it, in my current situation with, with, a, with a new employer, mm. um, I've not mentioned anything to them. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so your new employer haven't mentioned it to no, them? No, okay, um, because yeah. ostensibly I feel confident where I am in my own mental state at the moment. Right, right. Um, and I still think that although the... the you could have the people would say the right noises and obviously all companies are saying, you know, mental, we, our company has a mental health aware week. Yeah. But you do wonder, you know, if I did mention it. What are the repercussions what, or you know, consequences would consequence be? Consequences would be, reputation nothing, nothing would ever be, hmm. you'd ever be said. Yeah. But hmm. you wonder in the background. What people are actually what, thinking. What, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, as I say, I relate, man, because uh, I feel that, I've experienced both. I've expressed it in some mm. places and haven't expressed it mm. in others. And where I've expressed it, um, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, people start to think of you as less capable mm. um, in many ways, um, not understanding that, in fact, in many senses, we're more capable because we do deal with both. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you can um, look at it that way, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, then, you know, the, to, to close then, I mean, as I said, you know, it's reported that uh, 191,000 men uh, report issues of stress and depression, mm. anxiety, um, you know, the statistics, as I say, 73% of uh, men, uh, you know, go missing as a result of these kind of things. Um, you know, uh, our age group, you know, middle-aged men are the ones experiencing it at the most um, uh, highest effect and to the most detrimental effects um, because it's related to suicide, homelessness, drug abuse, addiction, all these different things. I mean, 
what is the solution then, Glenn? You know, I mean, uh, it's very fortunate that, you know... Um, if I could give you that, I'd bottle it and, <laughs> and sell it, wouldn't I? I'd be a millionaire and wouldn't have that stress. But um, Yeah, because I was going to say, yeah, you know, it's fortunate that you've, uh, you're in a good place right now. And like you mm. say, you're in a health place, like you say, that where you're working, you don't feel you have to express it to mm. your, your employers or anything like that. And you have your family support. People are aware within your family. So at least the, the, the right people are aware. Yeah. Yeah. But for those who don't have the, those mechanisms, they don't have those dynamics, they're not in those positions. As I say, if you're counting on the NHS or your employers or anybody mm. other to help you, what, what are the solutions for these people, do you think? There is no one solution. It's, uh, it's, it's very different from person to person how, how they feel. Some people want to talk about it and feel, and they feel the need to talk about it. Other, other people, they, they want to deal with it very quietly with themselves. I don't think there is there is there's not one style fits all solution mm. to this. Mm. Um, and as, and as I say, I think you you could put the whole budget of the nation in into a mental health, and it wouldn't so, it wouldn't solve it for everybody. Um, I do sometimes think that mental health things. When I was young, everything seems to be put down as mental health. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you know some people are just a bit busy and. Just a bit overstressed. Over yeah, 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 yeah. And that isn't necessarily a mental mental problem. That's just being busy. If you cope with it, yeah. Um, As you so, so I think yeah. the media need to be a bit bit careful with the way with they go. With they go, you know, mm. with everything seems to be put down to that. I and then because then then yeah. then you can you can focus on what the real issues are rather than just labeling everything under there because otherwise it can just be a case of flinging tablets and you know very and, much tip and box exercise and the general public. Uh, you, dealing you, with symptoms but not you, underlying issues you get i mean you, you have the uh the charity over you know there's the syndrome where people or another charity but if people if, if it's everything's mental health i think hmm. you, you people can get tired get tired of hearing especially people who don't understand it yeah and yeah. then they're, the, they're potentially the people you want to be able to understand it because it hmm. might be them in the future indeed, indeed so i think the media have a responsibility to perhaps not be not put everything down to it. Mm. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting take on things. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I a mean, balance, that's, that's a my balance view. view. Yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, that's my view for, for from having the situation. I don't. I don't go around. I've had two two panic attacks, whatever you want to call them. Um, I've. I'm, I have been, and I'm on antidepressants, but I don't consider myself a mass. You know, I've I've had mental problems and that in there, but mm. I'm not. I don't consider myself. A massively mental health problem. I understand what you mean. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's as you said, it's somebody who's managing their mental health because, like mm. you say, you know, it can affect anybody. Mm. Um, and at the same time, as that it doesn't mean that necessarily you need to be diagnosed with something that then mm. puts you in a box forever. No. Um, and the because stigma that can that go with, exactly go with that as well. right. Because, like you say, there's many ways of approaching it and treating it. The point is to get help and to get um, sufficient sufficient uh, support um, uh, in your life to to, to cope with is it. To try, right? Is to try and give people an indication of symptoms as I say the first time I had it yeah I, the, the waking up in the middle of the night and the, that, yeah. that is obviously from what I know is that is a that is a key symptom 
of people who are heading that way. Yeah, and recognize, so exactly recognizing, like saying, recognizing those signs before it comes to yeah. that stage. Yeah. You know, things like, you know, as you say, insomnia, lack of uh, sleeping, mm. etc., um, or anything other uh, for, for people. But look, thank you very much, Glenn, for joining us on this edition of no the problem. podcast. And thank you to our listeners um, for joining and tuning in to this discussion on men's mental health. Join us again for another edition of Love Will Beat Hate, the podcast. Love.